Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of the NFL Week 2 Preview. I am your host, Timber Chop, here with the only two twins that are ready to get it, get it, got it, got it. Don't stop. Oh, get it. Don't stop. Get it. Listen, no time for intros out here because we want to get into these games. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Just a reminder, please stick around at the end. We're doing the Thrive 5. Thrive Fantasy, by the way, is a brand new uh, daily fantasy game uh, where you can bet on uh props instead of players so we're going to give you five picks of our own we have five props and we're going to tell you our opinions each on each of the five props so don't miss that again go to thrivefantasy.com and use the promo code brodo to get ten dollars free with your ten dollar deposit but with that being said you guys ready to get into this we got nine games on the docket i'm just going to start by saying that i hate our league mates sometimes whatever our main league it's a great league we talk about it once in a while on the podcast John Zalva's just texting me Duke Johnson for Juju. Ay, ay, ay. Well, John <laughs> John does that. We, I was like, dude. Yo, you guys, th- that's how you have to start. No, it's not. You don't start with a disrespectful offer that makes you not want to talk to that person. <laughs> All right. Well, you start low, but not that. Low. I will say I we are in leagues with professionals, and our home league is still the hardest to master the the waiver wire. There's never anyone on the waiver wire. As Just so you guys know, as you guys know, Jason is uh, – is coming to us via webcam. He's currently taking off his pants. Right now he is... Got to throw on some basketball shorts, man. It's getting <laughs> uncomfortable. Jason is changing his pants. So while Jason changes his pants, um, we're going to talk about a change in an offense. Smooth transitions. Ooh. Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Smooth Redskins. Smooth operator. The talk of the town right now is Kellen Moore and his new and improved Cowboys offense that put the smacketh down on the Giants last oh, wow. week. Um, we saw a lot of great stuff. Jason, you want yo, you want to not... Uh, make a little more noise. Yeah, make Jason. a little more noise <laughs> over there, right? Jeez. I dropped the mic. Well, I'm about to drop the mic on you. Michael Gallup, seven receptions for 158 yards. Amari Cooper, six for 106 with a touchdown. Randall Cobb, four for 69 with a touchdown. Blake Jarwin, three for 39 with a touchdown. Jason Witten, three for 15 with a touchdown. Zeke had a little bit of a disappointing game, but he salvaged it with a touchdown. He's getting back into the game. He had the same amount of carries as Tony Pollard. That's not going to continue. Dak Prescott, someone that Jason was touting all Winter and spring long that he was comfortable going with Dak Prescott to start his leagues, and he that's exactly what he did in some of his leagues. 25 for 32, 405, and four touchdowns with no interceptions. The entire Cowboys roster was a good play in fantasy last week. Uh, this week, they don't play a team like the Giants, but they do play the Redskins, who their defense looked good for a little while, but that that they, they could only stand so much when Case Keenum's on the other side. How do you feel about these Dallas Cowboys pass catchers to start? Let's start with Gallup and Cobb uh, and Cooper, the wide receivers. Jason, why don't you start us off? I I don't expect them to be as good as they were this week. Oh, you don't I, say. Well, going on a limb there, Jason. Fine. I don't expect them to be startable every week. Is that better? How about this um, week? If, not, if I'm going to go with one, it's Michael Gallup. I prefer Gallup, I think. Over Cooper? Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about over Cobb. Oh, Cobb. Uh, Cooper's yeah. A, 
Yeah, he's Cooper. A... You know you're gonna pencil in as your wide receiver too, and he's either gonna make you happy or disappoint you. There's no in between. You're never just content with Amari Cooper. Um, and if we're gonna take a shot with someone on the outside, it's Michael Gallup. Uh, he's looked impressive throughout the preseason. He started again um, this season. Big impressive. boy. And the Cowboys' offense isn't gonna be the Chiefs' offense all of a sudden. Um, so it's gonna be less to go around. They're not always gonna be relevant. But this week, I think Gallup is a decent flex option. But, yo, that Kellen Moore offense was pretty damn great. It was against the Giants, screen assault. But there was a, I quote tweeted it from the Brodo account, a video of Kellen Moore. Someone tweeted a video of Kellen Moore going through Scott Linehan's playbook, just throwing it to the side and shaking his head. And now Kellen Moore is the OC. <laughs> and the week, the first week was glorious for Dak Prescott and co. Yeah, Coop, you're penciling in against Washington. Josh Norman isn't like this. Josh Norman stays on his side too, so it's not like he's gonna be following Coop. And he's just like not—he's not elite anymore. He's still very good, but uh, Michael Gallup, yeah, he seems to be a huge part of the offense. He played fifty-three of sixty-eight snaps. That's one more than Coop, five more than Cobb. So again, the Kellamore offense—they had a three-wide receiver set on the field pretty often with those three guys. I like Michael Gallup this week as a wide receiver three flex play. Coop as a wide receiver one. Randall Cobb more of a flex play, but only if you're a little bit desperate. I don't love Randall Cobb this week. But, I mean, if you have to start him, you could do worse than Randall Cobb. Dak you know crazy, time? man? Go ahead. You just, Michael just said the Kellen Moore offense, and the first thing my brain went to was him at Boise State. Yeah. Yeah. It and feels this guy's like an offensive coordinator now. He was playing there like two years ago. We're yeah. an old. I mean, that was that was an innovative offense even back then. And I'm not going to lie. I like I like all three of them as, well, Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb specifically as flex appeal this, this week. I think you can play them both in your flex. Um, I think that I'll be comfortable playing both of them in my flex until I see that I can't. Especially uh, against Washington. Blake Jarwin is another guy. If you're looking for a tight end, they're saying that that team is saying that Blake Jarwin is probably the best athlete on the field at any time. So when you hear that from a team, he's obviously boomer bust and he's going to be a touchdown dependent player. But in this tight end landscape, if you're streaming tight ends, Blake Jarwin is probably a good play this week. Simmer down, Tim. Simmer down. Blake Jarwin has four I, career touchdowns. All of them are against the Giants. First off, hell oh, shit. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, he's splitting time with Jason Witten. So like, I'm not starting. Blake I mean, he's Jarwin. not exactly splitting time with Jason Witten. I, I mean, Witten caught a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. But it was, I mean, I, I guess Jarwin was clearly the guy that they were like going through. Like Jason Witten had three catches for 15 yards. But either way, they weren't they going Gallup, through Coop, any Cobb. tight end. I didn't say yeah. through two in terms of the tight oh, end. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Zeke. we spent too much time on the Cowboys tight end. That's true. If I'm a Zeke owner, people who are complaining about Zeke's down game week one, this dude just missed the entire offseason and preseason. If you expected him to get a full workload, you're, you would have been wrong. Like we told you to tamper your expectations. I had him as my running, my running back like 10 that week, uh, last week. And he still got a touchdown and had like 80 yards. So this week he should be even more involved. Um, I have him as my RB3. Behind Kamara and McCaffrey only, who seem to be two weekly studs again. So, yeah, Zeke, sign me up for Zeke. I'm not touching Pollard. Dak's first game over 400 yards in his entire career. He used the word genius to describe Kellen Moore. And not only is Kellen Moore his coach, he's also his former teammate. So, it's something to be considered that a guy that knows him so well calls him a genius. Uh, Jason, so, you've mentioned in the past that you are really comfortable playing Dak Prescott. I think he's a starter this week. Is he a QB1 going forward? He's been a QB1 his whole career. It's not always the 
prettiest. It's not always the ugliest. It's always consistent. He's never been the top tier quarterback. One. He's, He's like, like the quarterback anti Amari Cooper. What? He's like the anti Amari Cooper of quarterbacks. Yeah, ironically, basically, and. Now it's a better offense, so his he's probably jumps from quarterback nine at the end of the year to quarterback like seven. Uh, he's gonna be a QB one most of the year. Yeah, I've missed my quarterback five. I was gonna say though, you were saying how Kellen Moore was his teammate. Imagine Kellen Moore's offense does become this like next big thing, kind of like a Sean McVay. It must suck being Kellen Moore. Like no, it must be great. Like you created this offense and you're very, that good of offense coordinator. But it must suck knowing that you've always had like this in your head and you still couldn't be a very good NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? Right. Moving on. Come on. Uh, if, you don't you don't get what I'm saying at least a little bit. If I told you that Case Keenum had 380 yards and 3 TDs and if I told you he was going to have that, you guys would have slapped me in the face saying, against huh? the Eagles defense. But that's exactly what he did. Case Keenum had a great game. Um with that came the Emergence of Terry McLaurin, who is the uh, rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State, third-round pick. Five receptions for 125 yards. Missed on a big, deep one that could have got him an even bigger game. Um, Paul Richardson also had four for 36. Trey Quinn, four for 33 and a touchdown. Trey Quinn and McLaurin were on the field most of the time, so it looks like their show. Uh, for these pass-catching wide receivers in the with the Redskins, on our preview, we said that the Redskins are not going to have any pass-catching options because of Case Keenum. Case Keenum had a good game, and they had good pass-catching options. I'm big on Terry McLaurin because I think they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts, and Case Keenum is going to launch the ball all over the place. So with that being said, how do you feel about these pass-catchers this week specifically? Against McLaurin's the, Cowboys. the only one. Cowboys have a good defense. Yeah, McLaurin's the only one I would consider, and that's more of a flex. Not something you're excited to start. He... He has a pretty exciting outlook the rest of the season if he's able to um, get the amount of work that he got week one. Not even just the production, just the work is all you need to ask for. Uh, but so this week I'd consider him as a flex. But the other guys, Paul Richardson, shouldn't be on a team. Trey Quinn in the deepest of PPR leagues, maybe. Uh, That's about it. Vernon Davis continues to produce every time that he's called upon. Four for fifty nine and a touchdown for him went on a spectacular catch and run. Um, are you considering streaming Vernon Davis this week? If Jordan Reed is still out. Jordan Reed's still in the concussion protocol. I have Vernon Davis at 14th, and that's six above the consensus on fantasy pros. I don't know why he's not getting any love. If Jordan Reed is out, then Vernon Davis is definitely a streamable tight end. And probably one of the more underrated players in the game, Chris Thompson, seven receptions for 68 yards. He continues to be a PPR beast. Only in full PPR. Yeah. I, I mean, half PPR, beast, too. Just that's, consistent that's three option. and a half points. Plus 6.8 points. That's over 10 points for Chris Thompson. Consistent option, not beast. All right, fine. Consistent option. Um, there, uh, unfortunately, the backfield changes a little bit. Darius Geis, again, injured. Look, I don't want to sound foul, but Darius Geis in the past has said that he doesn't really put much into his body, and when he's not on the football field, he just plays video games all day. And this is what happens when you do that, bro. Like, you got to take care of yourself. Everyone's like, oh, poor Darius Geis. And, yeah, it sucks for him, but he's not taking care of his body the right way. And when you're not taking care of your body the right way, you get injured. Um, I mean, I haven't heard any of that, so I'm not going to judge the guy. But There's a big story about it in the offseason. It does suck that he can't stay healthy. But, I mean, that was the risk you were taking when you were drafting Darius Geis. And his ADP was shooting up to the 6th, 7th round prior to the first week because of uh, the news that AP might be a healthy scratch, which he was. But I still thought Geis was a bad pick there for the team he was on and the risk that came along with him. And 
if you started him, you had a terrible performance, and then now he's out too. So it ended up being a wasted pick. Hopefully he returns because he is a super cool guy. So Cowboys uh, are one of the better defenses in the league. Is AP a playable option this week? I don't think so, unless you're desperate. Maybe a standard flex play. But half and full PPR, I'm not really touching him. Jason? The answer is no. And to, uh, Adrian Peterson does not belong on a fantasy football team. Really? You don't even think he's rosterable? No. I would rather have literally Derry Ugbin Waller. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I what mean, do you want the running back with no pass appeal, with no real appeal at all on Washington for? I think Jason's Ogbin Wallen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to say he doesn't deserve to be on a roster is a little bit harsh. Um, let's go to our next game, Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's start on the Seattle side, excuse me. Uh, the Seahawks, they had an interesting game uh, in their last game because the guys that you thought would produce didn't necessarily produce except for Chris Carson, the guy that Jason's been telling us about from the very beginning. So, Jason, I'm going to let you take your victory lap for Chris Carson. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Timmy only gives you credit for players. What's we both love like? Chris Carson. But Jason, do you know what it is? Because Jason reached and drafted him in the fourth round in our home league. Third round. Third round. Jeez. I mean, he's going to be a high-end RB2 the rest of the season. I'll take it any day in the third round. You can say RB1. I have him as a back-end RB1 this week because he's going to get the rushing work. And he had seven targets. The coach speak about wanting to get him involved in the passing game was real. Led the target. Six catches. Led target share for the team. Oof. That means that Chris Carson is a RB1. Yeah, I have him as my running back eight this week against Pitt. Um, let's talk about the pass-catching options outside of Chris Carson. DK Metcalf came on the scene, burst on the scene, four receptions for 89 yards. Tyler Lockett only had one catch, but he also dropped a really big catch later in the game. Um, one catch for 44 yards, but that one catch was a touchdown. Tyler Lockett is someone that we were really high on in this particular game against the Steelers. Are you high on Tyler Lockett? Well, I was a bit lower on Tyler Lockett than you guys just because of the Brian Schottenheimer offense. I don't own Tyler Lockett anywhere. I don't want to really touch my ADP. I saw the upside. I also saw the downside, and we saw the downside week one with his two total targets in the game. I mean, that's what the Schottenheimer offense could do, especially— But he caught a 40-yard touchdown. He did, yes. That's great. But that's what Tyler Lockett to does. 40-yard touchdown every game. I mean, against and that's what Tyler Lockett does against Pittsburgh. I think yes, it's a very good spot for Tyler Lockett to be, especially Joe Hayden got hurt, so it they don't really have anyone to keep up with Tyler Lockett. But this then in games like this, this is where the Seahawks take a lead and then just run the ball twenty four seven. So it's difficult to predict too. But I think Tyler Lockett is a solid wide receiver too this week. I think he uh, he has a good game. I'm not saying they're going to take a lead and run the ball a lot against Pittsburgh. I'm saying if they do take a lead early, they could run the ball a lot. I mean, Pittsburgh looked terrible against New England. I'm not looking too much into it because New England has blowouts like that now and then. I think Pittsburgh bounces back. Rashad Penny, he was a guy that I thought could get some work. Six for 18. I might have to eat the L on that one. Um, Russell, All of the fantasy world besides me and Michael got to eat the L on that one. Basically, Russell Wilson, this is the kind of line that he's been putting up the last couple of years. So get used to it. Four for 20, 195 yards and two touchdowns. Super efficient, super effective. Not a, not a super great fantasy play. You said four for 20? 14 for 20, sorry. Oh, I was very confused by your statement. Yeah, he's become a back-end QB1, high-end QB2. And 
to no fault of his own. Uh, his true throw value is high. Um, his skill set is high. It's just not an offense where he's going to score a lot of points. So you can probably find a better option with upside every week. It's true. Sadly. Let's go over to the Steelers side. Uh, look, this is an ugly game all around for the Steelers, so don't look too much into it. I think the one thing you could take is that Dante Moncrief looked fucking horrible. He had three or four drops, I think. He did look awful. I mean, it was it was not good. Juju got hurt, too. He's expected to play uh, week two with toe injury, but not good to see him already banged up a bit. But, I mean, he was still targeted often. He still ended up with, like, seven catches and 70 yards-ish. So I'm not I'm not down on Juju. Some people are like, oh, they showed that Juju can't. Uh, the same people who are saying New England always locks down the number one option were saying, oh, Juju had Juju shows that he can't be a number one option. Like, pick a side. Yeah. Like New England does shut down the number one option. That's their that's what they do. And Juju still had a pretty decent game. Six for seventy eight. Yeah, it's not like he didn't do anything. Six for seventy eight's decent. He's not going to go over a hundred yards every single game. So I'm still. All aboard the Juju train. No one on Seattle could guard Juju. Their their uh, defense just got torched by Zach Taylor, Cincinnati Bengal offense. So I think this could be the coming out party for Pittsburgh to show that, hey, guess what? Yes, we got destroyed by New England last week, but we're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. Especially because that's their nemesis. 4-12 uh, and 12 in the Tom Brady era against the Patriots. Um, James Washington and... The aforementioned Dante Moncrief, if you had to start one of them this week, who are you starting with? It's Moncrief. He still saw 10 targets, even though he couldn't hold on to a I'm ball. I'm sorry, Moncrief, too. And he does have... He's still the number appeal. two guy there. Yeah. Andy Dalton threw for 400 yards against the Seahawks. So, Big Ben is a back in QB1, and his weapons you want to use. Uh, as well as, I'll just go to the running back, James Conner, is going to be a high-end uh, RB1 this week. Agreed. There was nothing... Last week to show that he won't be that. He had a bad game and he still put up eight points in half PPR. Obviously, it's not what you want to get from Connor, but like the work was there. You could see that he's the guy. That he wasn't on the field at the end of the game, and that's a good thing because you know what the Steelers are trying to protect him. They want him playing every snap when it counts. Yeah, for those people who are saying Jalen Samuel is going to cut into a snap count, I mean, I hate to say it, but we told you so. What about Ryan Switzer? He had um, six catches for twenty nine yards. That's almost impossible to do. You you really ask my Ryan Switzer right now? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what you got to do when we, we discuss all fancy viable options. Switzer is viable in a 20-team, 12-man league, right? What about... He could be in the top 480 players. What about Ben Roethlisberger? Big Ben is Big Ben is Big Ben. He's ready to go again. Sign me up for some Big Ben this week, all right? I have as my QB 11... Um, if I had Big Ben week one, obviously disappointed, but I'm ready to fire him up again for week two. Let's not forget those splits. Big Ben, a lot better at home. They're coming home. The Seahawks, with their secondary, their secondary did not look good. And if you look at the talent in their secondary, it does not look good. So if there's a weakness on the Seahawks team, it is that secondary. And I think that the Seals are going to be able to pick it apart. And I think James Washington might have a little bit of a coming out party. It's nothing, nothing scientific about it. I just kind of think that... They went to Moncrief so much, and it was so ineffective that they might switch over a little bit to James Washington. And You need to get over James Washington. Man. No, I don't. It's his second, his first game of his second year. You need to you need to get your shit together, right, bud? Um, let's move over to the next game, the Bills versus, I mean, at the Giants, excuse me. Uh, let's start on the Giants side. 
Evan Ingram looks like an absolute fucking monster. He looks like a target machine. Uh, I own Ingram shares in some places, and I cannot be happier. 11 for 116 and 1. You got to think that he's going to be putting up these kind of numbers. If, if not these kind of numbers, at least these kind of looks every single game. He's their wide receiver one. He's their George Kittle. Uh, they're both going to be very valuable this season. Sterling Shepard, no. Golden Tate when he comes back, no. Evan Ingram's the guy. Besides Barkley, who they're going to run their offense through, you want that. When a tight end is the number one receiving option on a team, you want it. You want it. Saquon Barkley only got 11 carries, which is probably because of the game script, but he went for 121 yards anyway. Uh, wasn't Dude. as involved in the passing game as you'd like to see, four for 19, but I think, I think again, that has to do with the game script. Are you worried about Saquon at all after this game? That's That's another thing I'm seeing on Twitter. People are like, are the Giants scaling back Saquon's workload? Do they not think he should get as many touches? They were getting destroyed by the damn Cowboys. Why would you have Saquon out there? Yes, Wayne Goldman scored a touchdown. It was also like 35-3, to three, so who mm-hmm. cares? Like, Three, relax five, yourself. When you drafted Saquon Barkley, you knew this was an option. You knew it was an option that the Giants get scraped and Saquon doesn't run that often. He still had 120 yards. Also, he yards. put up 120 yeah. yards. He just so, didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, so relish yourself. <laughs> um. Yeah, let's talk about Eli Manning. Let's not talk about Eli Manning. Um, what Yo, about the- Eli ended up having a pretty solid fantasy day because he had to throw so much. But, yeah, don't start him. Uh, what about the pass-catching options like Sterling Shepard? Um, I mean, Cody Latimer had 74 yards, but that was a lot in garbage time. Let's talk about Sterling Shepard, really. Uh, he was a guy that a lot of people liked going into this. We didn't like him particularly. Uh, does your opinion on on him change in this kind of mid-range game? Well, Shepard was decent for the for PPR leagues, half PPR too. He was meh. But now he's in concussion protocol and he might actually miss the game. So then Cody Latimer becomes an interesting flex type of flyer play if you're already desperate for someone off the waiver wire. If 69 plays, Shepard played 68 snaps, so he was on the field basically every single time. Latimer played 61, and then Benny Fowler played 50. So Latimer was a clear number two. Latimer made some nice plays. He had a nice play down the sideline. So he's not someone I'd completely avoiding if Shepard is out because someone's Eli's going to have to throw to someone, so Latimer could end up having a decent game there unexpectedly. You know, I love me some Josh Allen, and I'm he's one of my favorite uh, plays this week. He'll be in the in the QB one conversation after the week, in my opinion. Uh, what do you guys feel about Josh Allen coming off a pretty good game against the Jets, where he came back after some really really bad turnovers in the first half? Really, really. That was certainly not a pretty good game by Josh Allen. At fantasy, he scored twenty fantasy points. I mean, just in general, though, he was not, really bad. Yeah, but I'm talking really about. I'm talking about. Yep, yeah, I'm talking about fantasy football, and and honestly. Knowing that he played that bad and still could get 20 fantasy points, that is super, super, super. Uh, that is good news. Yeah, they were if I'm shut a Josh out. Allen owner. They were shut out till the middle of the third quarter. That's yeah, really good news for me. I mean, I have Josh Allen as my QB 10 this week, so I'm with Michael. Sign me up the Q- against the Giants. Same, Jason. So what's your what's your adversion to him this week? I just don't think he's a good quarterback, and I don't trust the bad quarterbacks. I mean, shoot me. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to start a terrible quarterback because Josh Allen is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. So you're never going to start Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yo, Michael, you're trying to fight? <laughs> you know it. Uh, yo, listen. I jo- mean, Trub- <laughs> this week I'm not throwing Trubisky either. No, yeah, no I'm, I'm staying away from Trubisky as well. But Josh Allen did run for a touchdown, which, 
he has done in his almost every single game that he has ever played. His bread and butter. Yeah, so like you, you, at this point, is he almost guaranteed to get a touchdown rushing? I think he is. He's a, no. he's he's as close to a rushing touchdown guarantee as any player in the league. He uh, is, whether you like it or not. It's facts. It's facts. He's gonna score a rushing yeah, touchdown. Right? What? I don't know, man. Rel- don't relax know there, Tim. Relax. God, are you gonna make me pull up his career? St- I bet you he has more career touchdowns rushing than he has game started. No. Do you want to? I mean, I'm gonna have to go back I mean, and, and look so at this. That's so wrong. <laughs> All right, let's find out. All right, so while you guys talk about... We'll talk about Singletary and Gore. Singletary and Gore. Actually, I want you to talk about, since we're going the pass-catching options, uh, John Brown is 123 yards on seven receptions. Smokey. How do you feel about him? He looked really good. He looked like a good player. Smokey Brown did look good. The touchdown catch, there was a huge hold on Leonard Williams on that play. So his line could have been 70 and no touchdown. It ended up 120 and a touchdown, which better for John Brown owners but it was very close to being a different game for John Brown. But, yeah, he was clearly the number one option for Josh Allen. He was going to him when he needed big plays. Cole Beasley was a secondary option. Zay Jones was a f- far down as a tertiary option, only played 29 to 69 snaps. I'm not trusting Beasley, really. He seemed to lose some of Josh Allen's trust after the bounce off his hands. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come back. But, I mean, he just wasn't targeted and used as much as I expected him to be used as a – blanket for Josh Allen but yeah John Brown seems like a solid wide receiver three option he'll be inconsistent as always this is how John Brown rolls with he did it with the uh the Ravens and the Cardinals but decent guy to have Josh Allen 11 touchdowns and 12 starts career it's not rushing how many rushing fuck out of here with your 11 touchdowns. He's a quarterback. How many rushing? He's thrown rushing? He's thrown 11 touchdowns. Now I'm talking about passing. You know what? Good. Now You were saying he's guaranteed You were saying rushing. rushing. Yeah, all right. You're right. I'm, I'm he has glad. nine in his career. Nine. In 12 yeah. games. So, yeah, you were wrong. No. Well, we told you you were going to be wrong. Don't don't try to. You no, because it's could, close. He can never say it. He just, <laughs> no, it was close. I told you it was going to be close. It's no, close. You said it was going to be more. <laughs> well, well, I, I beat you earlier, so fuck you, okay? <laughs> Look. You mean what? Look. 12 games started, 11 touchdown passing, 9 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns. I have him as my QB 10. I right? want to start this fucking guy. And I don't, <laughs> Jason, Jason, just keep saying no. Jason, stop saying no. No. <laughs> Let's talk about Devin Singletary. Um, look, Devin Singletary didn't even get a, a touch until midway through the third quarter. And they would four carries for 70 yards. Gashed the Jets on a couple plays after C.J. Mosley went down with an injury. Frank Gore looked completely atrocious. He looked every bit 35. He did. He looked um, bad. 11 for 20 on the Which ground. Which is great for Singletary. Singletary also five catches for 28 yards, six targets. So, look, it seems to be the fantasy consensus right now that Devin Singletary will be taking over soon. And usually when there's fantasy consensus, I try and find a reason not to believe it as much as I can. I can't find a reason. I think Devin Singletary takes over maybe as soon as next week. Look, I said in the review episode that Devin Singletary, six targets. He had six cat, uh, six receptions all of his senior season at Florida Atlantic, which is nuts. I did not expect him to have a pass-catching role this early he on. Also but like he also had like 600 touchdowns. But this is also this is just how the NFL works, man. Now people are super high on Devin Singletary, and he's probably just going to split work with Frank Gore again. But he did have 48 snaps to Gore's 19. So Gore had the rushing attempts. But Singletary was on the field a lot more, so I do think Singletary definitely earned more of a role. I still don't trust him. It's going to take a couple of weeks to trust him as a RB2 even, but, I mean, if 
You need to put him in your flex against the Giants. It's it's not the worst thing. Yo, can I, why pay Tyler Croft so much money if you're not even going to throw him the fucking ball at all? Dawson Knox was the main tight end, the yeah, rookie. They gave him like six mil a year. So weird. Yeah. What are you doing? Everyone, when they saw that contract, remember, who was it? Field Yates on ESPN was like, everyone said no one wanted to go to the Bills and then listed like 10 players, including Tyler Croft and like Tyler Croft esque players. Like, you don't say those are the players that signed with the Bills. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? You think people are rushing to go sign Tyler Croft? You're not even going to put him on the field, though? Like, what are you doing? All right, let's go over to the next game, unless there's someone else you want to talk about on the Bills. We good. Let's keep it in the AFC East with a uh, heavyweight matchup between two of the best teams in the league, the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yo, real quick. Yeah. The Patriots are 19.5-point favorites. The last six times they went to Miami, they're one and five. Like, yo, I'm putting all my money on the Dolphins spread. I don't know. Bro. I don't care how bad the Dolphins is, 19 and a half. I don't know, bro. You kidding with 19 and a half? I don't know, man. The yeah. Dolphins weren't that bad in the past. I'm just going to stay away from the game, honestly. That's that's a that's a big spread, man. 19 that, and a half points is a big fucking spread. Yeah, but the, the Dolphins, I want to call them Dolphin Tank. Because they're tanking hard. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's, that's a good one, actually. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, 14 for 29, 185, and a touchdown. Um, Kenyon Drake was a complete non-factor, 4 for 12 in the rushing game. Um, the only person who had a fantasy viable game at all was Devontae Parker, 3 for 75, and Preston Williams scored a touchdown. Man, I follow, you know, on... on at Brodo Wrap Up on Instagram. Go check that out, by the way. I just posted a new wrap up. If I follow e almost every single N NFL team, not almost, I follow every single NFL team. And this poor fucking guy that does the the Miami uh, social media, he has to like find ways to make Miami seem like a team Damn. that people should root for. <clears throat> not good. And he was like, remember the name Preston Williams. And I was just like, shut up. No, but I mean, some people were high on Preston Williams, but look, Alan Hearns and Jakeem Grant outsnapped Preston Williams. So that's why I'm not excited about Preston Williams. Albert Wilson got hurt again. Yep. Um, Sucks. He may I not actually play. like it, Albert Wilson. They only ran 45 plays. That's how bad their offense was. Are you at all interested in any of these players? We've already talked too much about it. Any Dolphins? Are you starting any of them? No, we have spent too much time on this. Yeah, I'm not starting a single Dolphin. All right, let's go to the, the other side where we're going to probably want to start everyone. Let we Look. You've heard it enough in the media. We don't have to talk about it, but we're gonna, I'm going to mention it anyway. Antonio Brown, rape allegations. Um, what he is accused of is gross. Um, if someone did that to me, I would kill them, like legitimately kill them. Um, so he might be put on the commissioner's exempt list. There's no guarantee that he even plays. Uh, practice for the first time today. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. So... A lot of what we're about to say, follow us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy, uh, might change if Antonio Brown doesn't play or if he does play. Um, so let's concentrate on the running. I feel running. like we should move forward as if he's not playing, or at I, least as if he's not going to have a big role. I mean, the it, Patriots are kind of just letting it dwindle there. I don't really know what they're doing. Drew, Drew Rosenhaus was on ESPN today, interviewed, and they were asked about if the Patriots knew about this when they signed him. He said, like, no comment about that. If the Patriots knew about this... And signed him to a 15-year... It's guaranteed, right? Uh, well, 
10 of it's guaranteed for this for this year, and the option for next year is 20 guaranteed. Like, if the Patriots knew about this and still sign Antonio Brown just to gain a little bit of even more of an edge as the best team in the league, they're just really big pieces of garbage. Well, they do and have. They've an, proven to be very big pieces of garbage in the past. Well, they do have an owner that sells plastic and calls it cheese. So, um, there's that. <laughs> Don't buy Kraft singles, folks. There's a reason why it's not called Kraft cheese, and a reason why it's called Kraft singles. Yeah, we'll we'll save that one for the health <laughs> podcast. Um, but let's talk about this. I love Tom Brady this week. Last week, three forty-one and three touchdowns. I think the only concern about Tom Brady is that they go up really early and they just hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off, which leads me to the next thing. I think Rex Burkhead, James White, and Sonny Michelle are all startable assets this week. James White, 33 of 70 snaps. Burkhead, 32. James Devlin, 32. Sonny Michelle, 23. He wasn't good. I think, look, the Patriots have shown in the past that they'll ride the hot hand. I don't think that's an inkling of what's to come in terms of of terms of market share because I think Sony Michelle, if he has a good game, he's still the number one option. And and I think Burkhead was more of a it was more of a thing of you're playing well, Michelle's not playing well. And when I say not playing well, fifteen carries for fourteen yards is next level not playing well. He sucked. So if he sucks again, then maybe you're concerned about Sony Michelle, but I'm not that concerned about Sony Michelle. With no pass catching role too, that's what's concerning. I mean I have him as a what, running back to this week just because he's in such a smash spot where he could score two touchdowns. But as we saw last week, they won by 30 points, and Sony Michelle ended with one and a half fantasy points. So, I mean, this it's is It's not what, that he didn't get the opportunity, though. 15 carries. Yeah, 14. To, to Burkhead's 15. But this is what to you have to eight. deal with as a Sony Michelle owner. It's every week you really don't know what's going to happen. If you're going to trust him any week, it's this week against Miami. But I, don't, I'm, I never really feel great about putting Sony Michelle out there, but I understand if you have to. Um, Jason, anything to add? Burkhead's an interesting flex play, by the way. I barely prefer if, Michelle to like Raheem Mostert, to be honest. If Burkhead's going to get 15 touches, sign me up for Burkhead, too, as a flex play. That's the thing, though. We don't know. We have no idea who's going to get the touches. We can't act like we do because that would be disingenuous. I mean, it was pretty even last week if they all split work again. The Snapcat was even, but Sonny Michelle got a lot more touches than everyone else. Well, he got 14. Burkhead had eight 15, targets. Michael. He went 14 for 15, dude. 14 rushes for 15 He yards. went 15 carries for 14 yards. All right, whatever. But then, there you go. Now you're right. <laughs> but <laughs> Burkhead had eight targets and eight carries, so that's 16 total. Not touches. He didn't catch all the targets, but that's 16 opportunities. And then James White did James White things, too. So, I mean, they all got semi-even uh, work. I guess we can talk about the pass catchers here, even though we don't know what's going on. I think Philip Dorsett, this is an outlier, the four for 95 and two touchdowns. If Oddly enough, Philip Dorsett played 61 of 70 snaps. Gordon played 47. That was interesting to me. He did it miss could just be, over half of the preseason. Yeah, Josh Gordon's still acclimating, but Philip Dorsett did do his best AB impression last week. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, Philip Dorsett's not someone I'm touching. But, yeah, Edelman and Gordon signed me up. Yeah, me too. Uh, unless unless A.B. plays in which I'm feeling a little less confident about Gordon. Jason, what say you? Uh, I like Gordon a lot with if, if A.B.'s not on the team this year. Like, I drafted Gordon in a few leagues. I was a little upset when they drafted and got Antonio Brown, of course. But even... Then we saw what Philip Dorsett did last week. This isn't a team where it's like that big of a, I mean, it's a big deal, 
But there's always going to be work to go around in New England. So, sure, it's not the best news if Antonio Brown does play for Josh Gordon. But he'll just be in the Josh uh, Philip Dorsett role that resulted in two touchdowns last week. If Antonio Brown does play, I'll probably rank him around wide receiver 25. But that's a complete toss-up. Like, you don't know how much he's going to play, how much work he's going to get. So that's just, I don't know, if you're an Antonio Brown owner, you just kind of have to figure that out. I don't know about you guys, but I know that game's going to be boring as shit. One game that's not going to be boring as shit is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders. Look, if you were a Josh Jacobs drafter, you're rewarded big time right off the bat. He looks like he's going to be an absolute workhorse in his rookie season. Had a really nice game against the Broncos as I pull up his stats now because my computer's acting real slow. Yes, yes, yes. Josh Jacobs, 23 for 85 on the ground with two touchdowns. Also one for 28 in the air. So over 100 all-purpose yards for the rookie quarterback. Derek Carr. Running back. <laughs> running back, excuse me. Derek Carr looked super efficient, 22 of 26. But let's stay with Joshua Jacobs right now. Um, are you Joshua? Are, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, Josh, Joshua. It's short for Joshua. Who calls him Joshua? Is it short for Joshua? Do we know that as a for a fact? He's listed as Joshua Jacobs on his like uh on his official shit. Timmy owns right, his birth certificate. <laughs> he bought it on pristine auction. Josh Joshua Jacobs signed birth certificate. by his mom <laughs> for twelve dollars. Twelve and a half. Oh man, twelve fifty then. No no no. I I had to cut a dollar and a <laughs> half and send it over. Um, so that's how they did it in the olden days, ye old years. <laughs> Jalen Richard, no work. Andre Washington, no work. So DeAndre. <laughs> what is it? Tim, you're you're it's, weird with names right now, man. Yo, can you? It's what does it say right here? It says Andre Washington. I'm it like says Andre right here. Ninety nine percent sure. It's DeAndre, DeAndre though. Look, Andre DeAndre. Washington. I I know it's DeAndre, <laughs> but I'm reading right now. Um, on D or on her regular no D Andre. Uh, doesn't matter because he's nowhere to be found. Uh, Josh Jacobs in this matchup against a Kansas City Chiefs defense that does not look good. Sign me up all day, RB1. Josh Jacobs, I, man. Th- that I, work was awesome. I, I have him at RB12. I was surprised Michael didn't have him a little bit higher with me. Uh, what's not to like? It's going to be a high-scoring affair. Jacobs going to be on the field a lot. It's going to get groundwork, pass game work. Just sign me up. Yeah, I have Josh Jacobs as an RB18, so a bit lower than you guys. It's just against the Chiefs, I feel like it could become a blowout, and then Jalen Richard gets onto the field. But I mean, if the if the um, Raiders continue to play like they did against the damn Broncos, where they look like a legit team that came out of nowhere, then Josh Jacobs will be great. But I'm just a little hesitant because of the Chiefs' potent offense and the Raiders. Not, uh, uh, I just don't trust the Raiders' ability to keep the game close. Derek Carr <laughs> has been really good for the for the better half of last year and up until this game. I think John Gruden and Derek Carr together are are a match made in heaven because John Gruden likes to get the ball out quick, and that's where Derek Carr excels the best. And so knowing that, it's not likely he's going to get 400-yard games, but 22 for 26 or 259 and a touchdown or two seems like almost a guarantee at this point. Uh, Derek Carr, is he in your streaming quarterback conversation this week? Listen, very good – you're being liberal with the term "very good." I mean, high, look, high completion percentage doesn't mean you're great. All right, it's Eli true. Manning set a career high in completion percentage last year. It's true, but he also had the highest yards per attempt of his career. So yes, it Did wasn't. He? Yes, so it wasn't as if he was 
amazing in in general, but for him, he was the most efficient going the deepest. So he's been great in terms of Derek Carr. I mean, I have Carr at 18 this week, and that's the highest I've had him probably in the last two years. Wow, so. I have him at 17, Jay. Yeah, me and you were both higher on Derek Carr so, than consensus. He, and he has had big games against Kansas City in the past. And it's probably going to be a shootout. He's probably going to have to throw it a lot, um, which leads me to the next guy, Terrell the Gazelle, Tyrell Michael's boy. The gazelle. He, he said, Antonio, who? Six receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. Um, Hunter Renfro, two receptions for 13 yards. Ryan Grant, three receptions for 16 yards. Foster Moreau, tw- two for 20. Josh Jacobs again. Um, I'm going to wait for the the second, the the highest pass catcher um, in a second because I want to talk about him a little bit more. But let's talk about the wide receivers. I don't think you're playing anyone except Terrell the Gazelle. But I'm playing Terrell the Gazelle week in, week out particularly in this matchup, and I'm excited about it. You know, I wish I had more shares of Tyrell because I'm a huge fan of his, always have been. I just didn't think Antonio uh, Antonio Brown, I just didn't think Derek Carr could uh, keep two fancy viable receivers, and I expected the receiver there to be Antonio Brown. So I didn't have a lot of Tyrell the Gazelle shares, but luckily for people who drafted him, they do. I have him as my wide receiver. Uh, right in the middle of wide receiver 331 overall this week against Kansas City. He's Derek Carr's number one guy, clearly. He was going downfield making plays. He was making catches close to the line. I mean, he was doing it all for Oakland, and he's clearly the guy for for uh, Derek Carr. Jason? Tyrell Williams is going to have a very good week. Uh, he showed up and said, yo, haters who think I'm only a deep threat, uh, look what I can do across the middle of the field. And he made some great catches on some tough routes that weren't just the streaks that people are used to seeing him run. He was always a very good receiver with a high yards per reception. He's put into a bigger role now, and I was very happy to see him succeed. Yeah. And he's going to be the number one option in a high-scoring game. Is that someone you want to start as your wide receiver three? Real Thanks. quick, for the people who wanted Hunter Renfro to become a thing, uh, he had 16 snaps. Ryan Grant had 41. So, yeah, so Hunter Renfro. I would me. still rather stash Renfro than have... Yeah, but they don't need to be owned, in Grant. my opinion. No, yeah. you, they don't need. Give it, give it that little watch list. All right, let's talk about a guy who should be owned, who has to be owned. This is a guy that we're all down on uh, coming into the season, but fantasy is about getting news and having the ability to change your opinion. Antonio Brown, when he was on this team, I wanted no part of Darren Waller. Now, Antonio Brown is gone. And Darren Waller looks like a guy that's going to be a tight end one. And John Gruden says that he loves him. And he played every single snap last every game. Single snap. Every single snap. And that's really rare for a tight end. So he's on the field. He's going to get work. He had the most target share of anyone on the field. Seven receptions for 70 yards. If he adds a touchdown to that, he's the number one waiver wire pickup in the this this week. Um I love Darren Waller going forward because of the absence of Antonio Brown. I know you guys weren't as high in him in the offseason, but again, fantasy is about getting new information and adjusting and not falling in love with your players. I'm not going to shout out anyone, but there was someone that was telling people to still start um, What's the th- Darwin Thompson when Shady McCoy was, was traded. Like a guy who's respected in the industry was saying, yeah, yeah stick with Darwin Thompson. That's a guy who's not willing to change. That's a guy who's going to make you lose. So we're willing to change here. Darren Waller is a great fantasy option, and if you have a chance to pick him up, pick him up. I have him as my tight end six this week. 
played every snap. He was highly involved in the offense. And this guy, he's someone, Darren Waller, who dealt with addiction in the past, which is why he couldn't. Uh, he just wasn't, uh, he didn't have his head in the league. And he said he'd show up to games like high and like. Do you know what drugs he was on? I forget, but he said like he'd go to games. Uh, he'd go to practice and like just like not even remember it after. Like, <laughs> and now he's clean and he's a, he's looking like a beast. So good for Darren Waller. Coming out of nowhere at like 28. Yeah, I wasn't buying into it either. But then AB goes down. I did not goes down, gets released. We did all our drafts before AB. Mm-hmm. So I would have gotten some Waller shares if that happened earlier. Yeah. It did not. So I didn't have, I didn't end up with Darren Waller shares. I wish I did now. Jason? I picked him up in a league and waivers. Um, we saw that he's going to be very much involved. And I didn't really like him because, you know, we didn't see what he's, he, he's done nothing in his career. He's just a spark athlete that people have always wanted to succeed. But now he's obviously in a position where he's going to get a lot of work. So it doesn't really matter if he's that good of a player. Um, Last week showed that he's a pretty good player, but it doesn't really matter because he's gonna get a lot of looks. Uh, so, and at the tight end position, that's very important. All right, so let's move on now to the uh, Chiefs side of the ball. Uh, Tyra Tyreek Hill goes down, which is interesting because we kind of projected the Chiefs in the beginning of the summer before all the allegations came out that uh, Ty- Tyreek Hill's wife was actually an insane woman that. We kind of counted him out. So we were talking about how we love Sammy Watkins. That was shown big time. 198 yards, three touchdowns. Sammy Watkins has to be in the wide receiver one conversation at this point. Um, Same with Travis Kelsey. He gets a huge bump up. Do you think McCole Hardman is a play? I think he's a boomer bust option because Tyreek Hill played 21% of the snaps before going down. Michael Hardman played 79% of the snaps thereafter. He basically took his spot. He was not super involved in the passing game, but we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. All you need is one uh, elongated play where he finds Michael Hardman for a 70-yard touchdown. So, I mean, if you want to put him in your flex, go for it. I'd rather wait and see a week. But, I mean, Oakland is a good spot to do it. Uh, okay. Uh LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams backfield. Damian Williams, 13 for 26 on the ground. Did not look good on the ground, but did score a touchdown. He looked good through the air. Uh, Six for 39, but LaShawn McCoy, they got him out in space, and he did his thing. Ten carries for 81 yards. Um, I think this is going to be a split backfield from here on out, uh, which sucks for the people who who drafted Damian Williams because they drafted Damian Williams thinking that his number one uh, competition was Darwin Thompson. And it, when his competition was Darwin Thompson, I think it was clear that he was winning that competition. Now LaShawn McCoy is coming in. Uh, he has that rapport with Andy Reid. I think there's going to be a split backfield. And I think both of these guys, it's maybe not this week, but both of these guys eventually are going to be fantasy startable options. Jason, how do you feel about them this week? I mean, Williams still got the passing game mark. He scored a touchdown. He was relevant for fantasy purposes. And that's going to remain true. Um, McCoy's not a pass catching back. Williams is going to be involved, especially if Tyreek Hill is out. Everyone might say, oh, Nicole Hardman, they're going to throw deep to him. What if that just means they're going to change the offense a bit and throw a little bit more to their running backs? Uh, so I still think Damian Williams is a decent RB2 option. McCoy more so flex RB3 at this point. I agree. And with <clears throat> Damian Williams, the line doesn't look great. But every time we saw Damian Williams catch a ball, he was slipping out of someone's tackle. And That's you're true. like, yo, this dude is good. And... 
people are looking at the stat line and saying, what a terrible week for Damian Williams. If he didn't have the touchdown, people would be asking if he's even going to be the starter next week. He had nine uh, forced missed tackles, top three in the league last week. So he was not going down, despite the fact that the rushes and rushing yards were not perfect. Uh, that's a, a, a definite situation where you have to take a look at uh, what actually happened in the game rather than just the numbers. Travis Kelsey, he could have had a giant game last week, uh, but Patrick Mahomes did a no-look pass that went awry. Uh, reminds Jeez. me a lot of Johnny Petrop. Me and Jason are in a league. I'm, I'm in, I have two different leagues where I own Kelsey and Kittle. It's three touchdowns I got taken away from me. Oof. I own Kelsey, too, in a league that it would have helped me a lot if he got that touchdown. But what can you do? Anyone else on this team that you'd like to talk about fantasy-wise? Demarcus Robinson is someone to stash. Interesting. I think you're in the in the minority with that one. I think everyone's assuming it's McCole Hardman. Yeah, but if it's Demarcus Robinson who's been on the team longer, then you could get him for free while everyone's paying for Hardman. And that's how you do it, I baby. concur. Uh, let's go over to the Saints and Rams. So the Saints and Rams, it does seem like a game that's going to be uh, we could talk a lot about, but basically the the players on these teams, uh, you know what they are doing, except for the Rams and their running back situation. Um, let's talk about that for a second. We saw Malcolm Brown badly eat into the workload of Todd Gurley, and I think that this game was really, um, really gave you a hint of how Todd Gurley is going to be used in the future. Todd Gurley got all the important carries, 14 for 97. Malcolm Brown got the goal line carries, but they were early in the game. I think that they have learned from their mistakes of last year. They want to keep Todd Gurley fresh. So I think this will be a Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram type situation where you can own both guys and they're both viable, but one of them is going to eat into the others. If Todd Gurley was by himself, he's number one overall, just like Kamara. Still RB1 probably with Malcolm Brown there, but like I said, probably a little bit of cannibalization going on in this situation. Michael, what do you think about that? Gurley did get 54 snaps of the 77 compared to Malcolm Brown's 21. So I think it is a little bit overblown. But the fact that the main thing was the goal line work, that it was Malcolm Brown getting goal line work where that's where you get beat up the most as a running back because you're just running into other people. And they're giving that to Malcolm Brown because they don't want Gurley to do it. <clears throat> if it's a close game at, at the end of the third or fourth, maybe he'll get the goal line work. But I don't see him getting any goal line work early, really. So that he's definitely not going to reach the 20 touchdowns he has in the past two years. But he still should be a very good option week in and week out. So, I mean, if you were drafting Gurley, you got him in the second or third round. So you weren't drafting the Todd Gurley of old. So you can't really be upset that he's no longer the Todd Gurley of old. Pick and choose your battles. The only way Malcolm Brown is a standalone option this season, honestly, is if he ends with 14 touchdowns. And do we think he's going to end with 14 touchdowns? Who knows? The Rams are oh. good offense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not buying into this Malcolm Brown stuff. Yeah, I like Gurley as a high-end RB2, low-end RB1 this week. And Malcolm Brown could be a flex play if you, he's very touchdown dependent, though. Interestingly enough, in the tight ends, though, Tyler Higby played 40 snaps to Gerald Everett's 30, and Higby caught a touchdown. Their their tight ends are never really fancy viable, but it was interesting to me that Tyler Higby was playing over Gerald Everett. Also, the Rams are at home, which yep. means that their pass game is going to be better. Jared Goff is better at home, which means, I mean, Robert Woods is the most consistent person on earth. You have to be happy with what he did last week because that's his floor. Brandon Cooks had a bad week. 
But they're home. It's not the best defense they're going against. Cooks will probably pick it up. And then Cooper Cup picked up right where he left off. Cooper Cup is like Jared Goff's baby. Yeah, seven for forty six is not a great fantasy game, but it is it is good to see him get that that target share even when he's Listen, still a he hurt. just broke his ACL seven and forty six in his first game back. I'll take that any day. I think we could all agree that Tyler Higby, what an asshole. No one had you on their fantasy team, bro. What are you doing scoring a touchdown? Dick. <laughs> it's true. I thought you guys were going to laugh at that a little more. I mean, I already spoke about Tyler Higby, so it's a little weird that you didn't say it after I spoke about Tyler Higby, but what? I'll laugh at that. You're a weird guy, too. <laughs> someone got to break the ice right now with a good joke, because this is bad right now. Jason's face. The Saints. Kamara, 50 snaps. Latavius, Yo, 18 snaps. I'm the host. Get out of here. <laughs> and I was the one that did a three-minute rant about how Kamara should be the number one overall pick, so I'm going to say it. Latavius Murray is not going to eat into Alvin Kamara's workload, period. The one carry that he got that went for a big, long run was, as Jason said, when Kamara needed a breather after a long catch. 13 for 97 on the ground for Kamara, 7 for 72 through the air. Expect this every single game. It's glorious. And Latavius Murray's not going to eat into that at all whatsoever. So... Uh, Alvin I mean, Kamara he does, owners, what, not whatsoever. Latavius Murray got some he's a work. He's a backup, but yeah, he's a spellback. Yeah, that's not eating into work. That's just NFL rotations. Just yeah. to emphasize what you said, his thirty-yard touchdown, where people took victory laps on Twitter saying you should have drafted him, that was right after Kamara had a forty-yard catch. He was taking a breather, and he walked untouched into the end zone. Yeah, yeah, we all say it didn't to take much for him. Murray to be high. Him. That's not going to happen every week. You want to bank on that every week? Go ahead. Sell high if you have them. Here's one thing that I could ask the bank on. Ted Ginn Jr., seven receptions for 101 yards. Do you think this is just the 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 suckiness of Aaron Coleman, who, who, uh, Colvin, who ended up getting released after this game? Or do you think Ted Ginn Jr. has the ability to be a kind of seven reception? I don't want to say 101 yards, but like six to seven receptions, 75 to 90 or 100 yards kind of guy no. every game. I think no, he's, he's never the, been that in his career. The true throw value, Saints at home, Ted Ginn slash Traquan Smith roll, doing its thing. Traquan Ted Ginn Smith over 100 touchdown. yards, and Traquan Smith scored a touchdown. Jared Cook with a disappointing debut, 2 for 37. I mean, the Saints haven't utilized a tight end since Jimmy Graham, so I'm, I wasn't super high on Cook coming into the season. I, I think he'll have better games than this, but it's definitely not a great first game for Jared Cook. Anyone else you guys want to talk about here? Uh, Breeze and Michael Thomas, they... We always talk about their inconsistencies during the offseason. They are on the road now. They tend to be less efficient on the road. So let's see how they do their first game on the road because they are going to Los Angeles in what should be a shootout. So I do expect them still to have good games. All right, let's move on to the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos. Let's start with the Bears. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, as everyone knows and as it has been said in the media over and over again, did not have a good game. Um, But... With that being said, over 100 of his passing yards got taken back via the penalty. Um, Ten penalties on the Bears is hard on any quarterback, especially one that didn't play any preseason. I am not yet giving up on Mitch Trubisky. With that being said, I am sitting him this week because Vic Fangio is the uh, off, uh, is the head coach now. Vic Fangio watched Mitch Trubisky and played defense against him in practice for the longest time. So I am not going to I'm not going to start Mitch Trubisky in a situation where his former defensive coordinator is starting against him. 
I mean, you guys are on the same page as me, right? Yeah, no way. I'm yeah. not starting with Hey, Fangio. Hey, Fangio and Scandrello. Scan, not a good day for Vic Scandrello no. uh, in his debut as the offensive coordinator. No. Um, Mike Davis and David Montgomery. Uh, what's the, what was the snap count looking like for them too, Michael? Uh, Terry Cohen played 51, but he was out of the slot. And then Davis, 41 plays, and Montgomery, 28. So David Montgomery, who everyone thought was going to be the workhorse back again, and this is why them not playing in the preseason, you just have to kind of assume. And people assume David Montgomery all the way up to the third round. Six for 18 on the ground for David Montgomery, so not a good showing, although he did have a one big catch for 27 yards. Mike Davis, on the other hand, five for 19. He was even involved in the passing game. He had six receptions for 17 yards. Now, if eventually this all goes to Montgomery, then all of a sudden Mike Montgomery looks like a fantasy viable player that you want to start. But I don't see how you can start him in any situation until you get a more clear picture. That is 100% right. Do not start David Montgomery. And if you spent like a fifth-round pick on him, fourth-round pick, sorry. Uh, at the moment, that was a bad move. Uh, maybe in the future it'll play off. I, I don't have him on any of my teams. I thought he was going too high. I have him uh, on two but, of my teams. One of them, I dropped him in the fifth round, another one in the third round. Um, I'm not starting him in either of the leagues. You can't, you can't hang your hat on draft position at this point. Draft's over. Make was make the best decision for your team, and hopefully you drafted uh, some depth. For example, in one of my leagues, I have uh, Aaron Jones and um, a couple Breida, Eckler. Right, these guys are going to be starting for me. I have Breida in another league taking his place. So hopefully you got some depth, or you hit some uh, Raheem Mostert or something like that on the I'd waiver start, wire. I'd start Mostert over him this week. Yeah, as would I. Terry Cohen seems like he's a slot receiver now. I want to see if he gets any work out of the backfield this week. That was very interesting. I think that has a lot to do with Anthony Miller's injury. Anthony Miller was almost non-existent. Let's talk about the pass catchers. Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel. Allen Robinson had a really good game, um, 7 for 102. Do you think this is something that lasts for this week? I'm, Everyone needs to relax with Allen Robinson. All right, People talking about how, like he's Randy Moss on Twitter. He had a good game. He's been good in his career in the past four years ago. Fine. He might be a decent player. Let's not start acting like he's one of the best receivers in the league because he's not. And let's not act like his situation isn't ideal. I don't know. He looked good in this game, though. I mean, Trubisky did throw him the ball a million times, but they also only scored three points in the game. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that scales back a little bit if uh, Matt Nagy decides maybe that offense didn't work of just throwing the ball to Allen Robinson. Like they're best when they're running the ball and getting and the gadget plays or play action plays, so I want it's I'm very interested to see how the Bears play this week. But I, I just do think Allen Robinson, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three for this week, especially he's not going to be going up against Chris Harris. He's not coming out of the slot. So, uh, any any uh, one else you want to talk about on this team? Uh, to keep an eye out on Trey Burton. We still don't know about his health. Yep, almost forgot about Trey Burton. You definitely not going to check back play. on our rankings. Someone I saw someone on Twitter say. Trey Burns out. Adam Shaheen, week one DFS, lock it up. Man, some the worst thing ever. People get paid to say things like that, and here we are with our own podcast. Like, yo, you want to get your shit together? People who pay people to make podcasts and give us some fucking money? What's good? <laughs> um, let's go over to the next game. Uh, the next game is the Arizona. We didn't talk about Denver, dog. I'm sorry, the next team. Excuse me. Um, hey, were you going to say Arizona or so? We yeah, talked about the Cardinals. Like, don't try to play that. <laughs> no, so here's why that. I said. Here's why guy. I said. 
I was gonna say Arizona because I'm looking at last week's stats. Cardinals. Uh, yep. Jay versus I'm the Broncos. At laptop. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So suck it, um, but for some reason quarterback ones aren't coming up in these stat sheets. Yeah, that's when Timmy Timmy paused earlier in this episode. There's gonna be like a four second pause, and Timmy just goes, "Okay." It's because he was looking at the screen, and it was only Matt Moore zero for one. Zero for one. Like, there was no Patrick Mahomes <laughs> stats, and he was like so confused. Yeah, that he just forgot. And now to there's speak. no Joe Flacco stats here. It's Kevin Hogan, twelve for twenty three. Oh well, Joe Flacco wasn't good. That's all you need to know. Kevin Hogan. Brett Ripon, eight for eleven. Brett Ripian, man. Ripian, he didn't even play. Isn't that preseason dog. No, this is the no. game. All right, let's talk oh, about man, this. Whatever. Week. Yeah, let's speak about the damn Broncos. The, Philip Lindsay and say Freeman. The Broncos offense isn't very good. The Chiefs, uh, the Chicago defense is very good. It was preseason. This isn't a week that's very exciting. Lindsey and Freeman, though. Oh, yeah. The Broncos didn't play the Cardinals I'm last bugging. week. That's mad funny. I'm bugging. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I decided <laughs> to move on. Man, what Yo, is this? Lindsey and Freeman, uh, basically worst case scenario, if you ask me. For sure. Split down the middle. 34 snaps for Lindsey. 30 for Freeman. Gross. Lindsey did get the pass catching work, which still makes him a low-end RB2 high-end flex option, in my opinion. Gross. But Freeman, low-end flex option. Kind of want to avoid both, but definitely Lindsey's still over Freeman, in my opinion. Gross, man. The worst case scenario, them splitting carries like that. Sutton and Sanders, though. I am in love with Cortland Sutton this year. Cortland Sutton was he's, getting up and getting it. Yeah, he's a he's a really talented guy, and he had a chance to do that. And Joe Flacco loves to throw to his number one receiver. Seven receptions for 120 yards. I think this is something that's sustainable, and I think that's something that he continues to do um, against this Bears defense, who they're, they're going to be throwing. Um, and the Bears' defense is going to stop them from running the ball, so they're going to have to throw it. And I think Cortland Sutton gets peppered with targets yet again. I would not be surprised at all if that does happen. I mean, Cortland Sutton looked good. I I just the fact that they're playing the Bears, and yeah, we just this is a team that just shut down Devontae. Yeah, Adams. just shut down Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. So I'd rather not play Sutton, Sanders, Lindsey, Freeman, any of them this week. So like, you're staying I'd, away from the Broncos. I'm basically staying away from the entire team. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I As think am I. If, if I had to I'm play one person, it, one person, it's Sutton or, or it's Sanders, what do you think? One person, nope. I'm leaning Sutton just because he did have a pretty great week one. Jason's shaking his head. Sanders. Is it because he's coming out of the slot? Coming out of the slot, Flacco's best in the slot. Buster Screen did play well in his Fuck first game. Out of the here fucking screen. screen. He did, though. Am I lying? I, I'm, I'm, not looking, I'm looking at the big sample size, not the one-game sample size. Fine, but you he was very good before he got to the Jets, and then he sucked, and now very, he's good again. You're using very good very loosely. Yeah, he this, was I this evening. He was I. He was a very good player, okay? You're using very good very loosely. Are we on to the Browns. Sunday night game now, folks? Um, Let's see. If my notes yeah. are correct, we should be on to the Sunday night. It's Sunday night football on NBC. That's exactly where we're at. The Eagles. Mello and the Knicks are up on MSG or some shit. We used to make that. <laughs> we used to turn the MSG. We used to uh, combine Mello yeah. and the Knicks into NBC. It flowed perfectly. I forgot Whoa. how it goes. Whoa. You guys are Mello so cool. Mello and the Knicks are the best on TV or some shit. This is what happens when you, <laughs> when you start reaching that. Like third hour of talking fantasy, the twins will start <laughs> babbling about nothing and ah, bro, giggling to each other. Like hearing personal stories. It's not my fault you have bad personal stories. It's scientifically. I have great proven. personal stories. You do. All right, with your negative not. swag. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh a lot to like about the Eagles offense. Um one of them was not the running game, but I would not 
panic yet if you are a Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard uh, person who's rostering those two guys. The the game script did not allow for much running. Uh, I don't think anyone saw the Redskins coming jumping out to a 17-point lead. Carson Wentz had to take over the game, and Carson Wentz looked every bit of the MVP candidate that you think he is. 3-13 and three touchdowns he looked through good. the air. Um, Deshaun Jackson uh, was a major factor. Eight receptions, 154 yards, two bomb TDs. So first question is, is this something? Is this a Deshaun Jackson that we're going to see going forward, uh, particularly in this game? Deshaun Jackson is so hard to predict, man, because you could rank him as a wide receiver too. You could rank him as wide receiver three. You could even rank him as wide receiver one because his big games, he ends as a wide receiver one. But then he has those games where he doesn't catch the long passes and he ends with three or four points. And it comes so often, this back and forth for Deshaun Jackson, that it makes it very tough to gouge his week in and week out value. For me, he's going against the Falcons. I think he has a great shot again of catching some long passes. I personally have him as my wide receiver 26. So I'm perfectly fine with throwing him, rolling him out there if you own him. Uh, he also though, was being used defense. He was also being used in intermediate routes though. It wasn't just the long deep passes that we're used to him seeing. Those were the highlight touchdown plays. He had That's eight true. catches on ten targets. That's true. And he had some big, <clears throat> some big catches. And maybe I'm reaching a little Close bit here, line. but has he ever played with a quarterback as good as Carson Wentz? When he played with Mike Vick, Donovan McNabb. I was gonna say did no. With McNabb? To McNabb. I think he did. But Wentz is probably gonna end up being better than McNabb if he stays healthy. I mean, it's I a good point, fair. though, Jason. It's a fair point. Like, Yo, did, has he ever thrown? At least been with a guy who could throw a deep ball like Wentz can. Yo, mad funny though, real quick, uh, because we talked about McNabb. Was he in the Hall of Fame conversation? He was. He was. Yeah. So it made me think of the Hall of Fame. Uh, the NBA 2020 Hall of Fame. Uh, List came out of players possibly inducted into the Hall of Fame, and that list is hilarious. Dillashoff. Yo, Andre Miller is on there. Andre, Andre Miller, Miller was Felix. good, he but come on. 20 years. Kirk Heinrich. Okay. Kirk <laughs> Heinrich was on the list. All right. Well, the NBA lets anyone into <laughs> the Hall of Fame, honestly. Jalen oh, Rose is like, I should have retired. <laughs> like, I wouldn't get into the Hall of Fame, but at least I'd probably be on the list yeah. if I retired today. Um, Let's talk about uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Five for 49 and a touchdown. He looked good at times. Doing Jeffrey wide receiver two yeah. consistent things, man. Yeah, this is Alshon Jeffrey say, lines. That's why you drafted game, Alshon Jeffrey. I have Carson Wentz as my second quarterback, Matt Ryan as my sixth. We're in Atlanta. Matt Ryan's way better at home. Carson Wentz is facing a bad defense. Both these defenses got lit up last week. This, this is going to be great. I mean, I think it's fair to say start everyone from these games if you have them. Seriously, right? yeah. Like, I'm starting once. I'm starting. I have Sanders at a low-end RB2 flex play. I like Sanders this week. Jason, not as much as I do. But Sanders, he had a uh, he had a couple goal-line carries, and he played the most snaps last week. So I'm a little higher on Sanders. But I'm starting also Sanders, Jeffrey, Djax, Ertz. I mean, I'm I'm starting Matt Ryan, Ridley, Sanu maybe in my flex if, I, if I'm a little desperate. Julio Jones could go absolutely off. We just saw what Terry McLaurin did to the Eagles. So, I mean, Austin Hooper is a decent low-end tight end one. Devontae Freeman I'm rolling out there. It's Devontae Freeman, man. He split work with Edo Smith evenly last week. I'm just really hoping that Devontae Freeman separates himself this week. Otherwise, you got to you got to play him, though. It's going to be bad. If you drafted him in the second, third round, you got to play him this yeah, week and hope. Against, against Philadelphia, he has to have a good game here. 
Not for nothing, you forgot to mention, Jordan Howard ran for 7.3 rushes to carry. This is just what Jordan Howard does. He breaks off. Only 17 snaps, though. Uh, yes, but Sanders and I think he's for Sproles. sure not going to be the back that's going to get the work when they're trailing. Man, Darren Sproles doing Darren Sproles things, just stealing work from everyone. That That's the sucky part. Because yeah. if this was a, a split backfield with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, I would say I would want both. But now you put Darren Sproles in the mix, and he had nine carries for 47 yards. That's a lot. I want to talk about Zach Ertz, though. Five for 54. Last year when Golden Tate was acquired, we saw that his target share went down and his usage went down. If I'm a Zach Ertz owner, I'm kind of freaking out right now. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of freaking Just out. Just dropped my mic. I, I did the Jason. I'm Look, I'm a Zach Ertz believer. I stand Zach Ertz, if you may. But look, how do you... Hold on. <laughs> Who follows the word stand with if you may? Me. Michael, <laughs> negative 75 <laughs> swag, Michael Petropoulos. Either just in a space fan, like, I get it, right? If you You're may. trying to be hip and cool. Michael's, just, don't <laughs> do that. Don't Mike, follow it with if you may. Dude, Michael's swag score is negative 386. Cool. Really? <laughs> Either way, Zach Ertz, uh, I am a little worried, but I'm also just chilling out because let's not forget, Travis Kelsey had one reception in week one last year. All right? Facts. So let's let's hold the phone here. What about Edo Smith, who got the same uh, amount of snaps as Devontae Freeman? Are you... Edo trash. Edo trash. I mean, That's he how had, had 5.2 yards per carry, so he was not trash. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping Freeman... It becomes like a 65-35 split this week. If last week was an indication that's not going to happen, I'm just hoping they were trying to ease in Devontae Freeman. But if this becomes a 50-50 thing, Edo Smith will gain some value. It's just I, I don't think I'm ever going to trust Edo Smith to really produce. Let's not ignore that Hooper went nine catches on nine targets. I was going to bring that up. Do you think that this is his third year? Do you think that all the prognostication that this is the time where he takes the next step is coming to fruition? Nine for 77. Wow, you just... That was a complex sentence right there. I'm loving it. You know, you know, I got... I got prognostication a... will come to fruition. <laughs> Digging it. Let's prognosticate, <laughs> folks. Let's prognosticate. But, I, I mean, he's improved every step of his career. And Atlanta is going to be at home this week. Against a not very good offense, Hooper's a solid tight end one. He's going to be a tight end one this season. Like I don't see a scenario where he doesn't end as a top twelve tight end. Well, yeah, we all ranked him in our top twelve tight ends, low end, albeit. But yeah, yo, Matt Ryan is trash, and the Matt reason Ryan is not trash. He's trash, and he excels when the time is it like his home. Garbage. It makes him a good fantasy quarterback. So Shall I can't we move on to the I Monday hate, night game. But it's it's he's Monday fucking hot trash. All right, let's go to the last game. <laughs> the dick saw the best on TV. Can you stop with this, please? <laughs> the Browns and the Jets. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Jets were Packers super- Brown. Can't wait till the Browns play the Packers this year. See, I'm telling you guys, we're we're <laughs> onto the last game. The Twins. It's 10:50 p.m. On a Wednesday, these two are delirious, and they're just going to start I'm not delirious. I don't sleep until like 1 a.m. on a normal day. You're Hold delirious on, right now. I don't sleep early. <laughs> you're you're gibberishing. You're just talking gibberish. I'm just excited about football, bro. Yeah, psych. Anyway. Brown's one of the best jokes we've ever made on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the OGs know about Packers, bro. <laughs> uh, can we, are, we, are we done? <laughs> yeah. I'm about to go home right Come now. Come on, host. <laughs> let's do the last game. All right. Let's talk about the Browns. and the, All right. So, look. Baker Mayfield hurt his arm. 
I hurt his hand, and he did not look the same. I mentioned on the Monday review show when he came back in. Are you concerned about this hand injury? And the Jets are looking at an onslaught of starters missing. Uh, Jordan Jenkins is going to miss six games because of a PED suspension. Um, C.J. Mosley went out with a groin injury. Avery Williamson already missing. Uh, Quentin Williams is supposed to play, but he's he's hobbled. If you're the Browns right now, you have to be licking your chops. And Baker Mayfield, you're looking to come back. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield uh, in this game? Yeah, I mean, last ba- week, Baker went last week, into, <laughs> punt, into, into. That was rough. After he hurt his arm. Yeah. Jason? Last week I said the Jets are going to beat the Bills because the Jets' weakness is cornerback and the Bills can't throw. I was essentially right until the fourth quarter when the Bills started to run all over the Jets when C.J. Mosley got injured. There was really that one pass to John Brown. That was the only effective pass the entire game, really. But that's the point here. Baker Mayfield's a very good quarterback, and they have OBJ, Landry, Higgins. And the Jets' weakness is their cornerbacks. Um, this is going to be this, – this can get ugly if the Jets don't keep up I agree. in the offensive department. I agree. I have OBJ as a top three receiver this week. I feel Baker said he's fine. I believe him. Uh, he his hands not even like he's practicing and everything, or he's supposed to. So I'm gonna believe Baker here. I also have him as a QB one again against the Jets. I mean, if the Jets don't, they already don't don't have good corners. If they don't have Mosley or any pass rushers, I mean, ba- the offensive line is bad for the Browns, but the defensive for, line for the Jets is just as bad. Um, Nick Chubb, seven for seventy five on the ground, got a touchdown. Uh, taken away by Dontrell Hillard. Uh, does that does that concern you going forward? Eh, I mean, do we really think Dontrell Hillard is going to steal work from Nick Chubb? Yeah, but it, it it happens. Uh, Chubb are... basically played every down besides that one. He's not going to lose work to Hillard. I just don't see it happening. He had seventeen attempts. Three receptions. He had a decent game looking back at it, considering that the Browns got destroyed. If you need to know so what time, sorry, if you need to know what time it is on the field, you could ask Odell Beckham, who wore a one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars watch, one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars watch on the field, um, and then spent this whole week getting criticized for it. But he did go seven for seventy-one in a really bad game for Baker, so it shows how much Odell is going to be involved there. Uh, I take more positive than negative out of this performance. Uh, it was a bad performance overall by the Browns, but I like to see a guy involved. Seven receptions, 71 yards. And real quick, OBJ and Jarvis Landry both played 100% of the snaps. So they're the guys there. Yeah. Uh, Jarvis should be a good wide receiver three this week, too. Higgins, we love Hollywood Higgins, but 32 snaps. Damian Ratley played 35. So Higgins has a ways to go. Interesting. Um, David Njoku catches a touchdown, but he's going to be a touchdown or bust type of streamer play. Um, I like I like David Njoku as a tight end one this year. Going against the Jets, the Jets are not good at guarding the tight end, especially so. if CJ Mosley's out. Yeah, um, yeah, Njoku's a play. Let's go over to the Jets. The last game on the docket, unless there's someone else on the Browns you'd like to talk about. No. All right, the Jets' offense looked um, very gacy. So such a weird. They they ran seventy two plays. I think it was like over over like sixty five of the plays. Was Darnold, Bell, Anderson, Anunua, Crowder, Griffin. Like that 
those were their starters. Those were the only players that played offensively. Griffin like they did not use any backups. He played the most snaps of any tight end at period in it the entire strange. league. It was strange. It's good. It's good news for Chris Herndon when he comes back. Yeah, it is for sure. Especially now with the Nuno out too. They need an intermediate threat, man. So I expect Chris Herndon to be involved right away. Um. So let's talk about Jamison Crowder in this game. I I love him going forward. Um. I like him in this game. Um. What about the pass catchers in New York? Who are you looking at? Because now Quincy Newman was out. They trade for um, DT Demarius Thomas. Robbie Anderson was kind of blasted in the media by Adam Gase. This is the time now because, look, as much as Sam Darnold didn't go deep at all, he got two deep bombs to Robbie Anderson that he, that Robbie Anderson just kind of missed. He um, did. He did. If they get that shit together, is all of a sudden people looking at this a little bit differently? I mean, Darnold's yards per attempt were disgustingly low yeah, as well. Really I mean, Crowder went 14 for 99 on 17 targets. First player ever with 14 receptions to not reach 100 yards. But I, I prefer Crowder to Anderson this week because Anderson has another tough assignment with Denzel Ward, and I think Crowder's just going to keep getting sprinkled with targets, especially with the noon while going down. Jason? I have them ranked at 30 and 31. I think Crowder is a safe PPR option. We know what he's going to do. We've been saying it all off season. Robbie Anderson, all you need is one play to break it loose. And uh, last week was an odd one, the way the Jets' offense was running. Robbie Anderson also, if you look at video, he slowed down on that last streak. Um, that Darnold just missed him by. If Robbie Anderson ran full speed, the Jets would have won last week. Um, Gase said something about that at the end of the game. So I expect them to step their game up. Uh, I, I I trust Anderson as wide receiver three this week, but he always has that bust potential. Michael, Agreed. in one of our drafts, took Le'Veon Bell at six, and I think your your faith was rewarded. He broke a lot of tackles last in, in the last game. Uh, there was a, particularly a fourth and one where he was hit three yards behind the last scrimmage and still fought for a first down. Mm-hmm. Um, he was heavily involved in the passing game, heavily involved in the rushing game, played 100% of the snaps. Um, you got to love what you're seeing from Le'Veon yeah, Bell. Yeah, whoever took Bell, whoever didn't take Bell because they were like, oh, it's a Gase offense and he's not going to get all the work, we told you not to believe that, but sadly you did because Le'Veon Bell is looking like a surefire top-end RB1 especially if he's going to be playing 100% of the snaps. I know a lot of Ty Montgomery truth, truthers, too, who thought that Ty Montgomery was going to be fantasy viable no matter what. I think that myth got put to rest really quickly. It was a myth. And finally, Sam Darnold against this uh, Browns defense that can rush the passer. Are you? I mean, you can't play him this week after last week, but no. are you still hopeful that he ends up uh, in the fantasy conversation by the end of the year? The Bills are a difficult task, man. The Bills are good defense. So, yes, I'm still hopeful for Sam Darnold. I think that's yeah, it, guys. I mean, we're not giving up on Darnold after one week. Let's be real. All that's left is the Thrive Five. So we are going to do the Thrive Five. Now, Jason is going to introduce five different props, and we are going to comment on whether we like the over or the under. Just a reminder before we get into the Thrive Five today, join up thrivefantasy.com and if you put in a $10 deposit, they match any deposit up to $10. That means you get free $10. All you got to do is put in the Broto code B-R-O-T-O. Again, the promo code B-R-O-T-O. That's You know Broto. the name. You can say and the Broto. Broto was the name You can say it's the Broto code. B-R-O-T-O. Sure. Michael, you and your song today? 
Really annoying. Jason, <laughs> start us. Start us off. I feel like, you know, all right, we don't get a lot of comments about the songs. If people don't like them, I'll stop doing it. But I feel like people love it. Be you, Michael. I feel like people right? love it. Be your sweaty ass self. I'm right? so hot. You're sweating like an animal. I'm so hot. You guys, you look, you look like you just ran a race. Michael, honestly, Michael looks like he just like jogged in place for a half an hour. Because his damn air con. If we turn the air conditioner on, he could hear it. Yeah, it's too loud. So he can't do it. It's, it's There's 20 props. You pick 10 of them. <laughs> Jason's trying to get into the Thrive 5. We're talking about 20, air conditioners. 20 <laughs> props. You pick 10 of them. I'm going to pick the five that I think are most obvious to choose. And then you guys are going to choose. And we're going to see if you agree with what side I chose. Because we want to help people and tell them the ones that we think they should pick. Let's do it. Derrick Henry. Total touchdowns. Over or under half. Uh, I think Derrick Henry gets a touchdown this week. So I'm going to say over. I mean, I'll say over, too. But betting on touchdowns is never simple. Yes, but you do get more fantasy points for this prop if you pick the over. And then, I think it's pretty – I would bet that Henry finds the end zone this yeah, week. Yeah, it's a solid matchup. So, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, over under seven and a half receptions. I think a lot of people are going to probably take the under here because he's going against Jalen Ramsey, but that does not scare me at all. He has a good history against Jalen Ramsey in their matchups. I like DeAndre Hopkins in this one. I believe the over is probably more points again, over. too, right? I'm willing to risk it with the over. The over more is more. Again. Yes. Yeah. So, again, you can get more points for taking the over. Yeah, hit me up with the over. What do you think, Jay? I take the over. I take the risk to get the more points as well. It's 30 more points, 115 compared to 85. Damn. Travis Kelsey, over under four and a half receptions. What? Over. I mean, without Tyreek Hill, you got to assume that Travis Kelsey's going to get. Even with Tyreek Hill, over. A higher workload than usual. This is the case where the over is definitely. Against the Raiders? Fantasy yeah. Over. Over is so less this is fantasy a, this points. Is, this is a safer one. Yes. Yeah. Here's one that I think is pretty easy. And the over, surprisingly. 40 more points than the under. So you're hmm. paying a lot to get this. Derek Carr against the Chiefs. Over under two and a half total touchdowns and interceptions. Hmm. Over for sure. So he needs three to- touchdowns plus interceptions. I-, I feel like that's an over. Yeah, it's very easily in my opinion. One touchdown, two picks. Two touchdowns, no picks. I don't think I mean, it's as easy pick. as you guys Sign are. Me up. I don't think it's as easy as you guys are making Getting it. Getting the but 40 extra points. I agree Sign with you. Though. I agree with you. We out. Last one. At Washington, Dak Prescott over or under 266.5 total yards. <laughs> Way over. Over. Yep. I agree over. Um, This was an even split. 100 points, which way, no matter which way you do there it. There you go. We chose a lot of plus options here. Yeah. All right, so thank you very much, Jason, for that. Again, that was the Thrive 5. Go to thrivefantasy.com or download the Thrive app and put in the promo code BROTO. That's B-R-O-T-O for $10 free dollars, up to $10 for any type of deposit, $10 or over. Well, that's it for us. Hold on, hold on. That was bad confusion. It was. <laughs> you deposit $10, download, you get $10. Just, just yeah. download the Thrive app. Put in Brodo as a promo code. Deposit ten dollars, you get ten dollars free. I think it's, it's as simple. That's as That's what I said. Yeah, you said it a lot I don't know, more man. confusing. Huh? You get ten free dollars uh, anyway. And you show. got it now. Now, <laughs> now we show Tim. Now we've just said it six times. Uh, shout out to Thrive Fantasy. We also love those guys over there. Um, Jason, where could they find you? At Jason Petrot. Michael. 
Mike underscore Patrop. And you can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. You a fan of hip-hop? Please check out at Brodo Wrap Up. That's where I'm doing the wrap-ups. It is a freestyle about... I'm not the only one who sings. (laughs) It's a freestyle about the... Uh, biggest sports stories of the day shout out to our sponsor red cup news follow them on instagram at red cup or at red cup uh and your college to get everything college football they're also the best at fantasy football because we're on there now and we're their official fantasy providers um anyone else that we got to plug oh patreon.com slash brodo fantasy make sure you sign up for that to get extra episodes to be have a chance to play in a fantasy league with us and much much more that's right ask the people who are in the fantasy leagues with us right now it's already been super fun the live drafts were super fun and hilarious um but yeah also the the uh, you get access to the discord where you can ask us questions in private or uh with the great community that we have built there we love those guys shout out to the tingle real quick before we go and with that we bid you adieu. Good luck this week on your fantasy championships. Make sure to stay tuned to at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter for all the updates on injuries and start sit decisions. Also, every single touchdown live tweeted. That took way too long. Later. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs>